Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future Part 2, one alternate reality expositional dialogue at a time. I love this minute. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Menez in the news. And I'm Michael Nixon. Like I said, I love this minute. Awesome. Welcome back. Uh, so this is minute 53, going back to minute 53, which starts with uh, Doc not being able to imagine hell being much worse than Hell Valley um, and ending with Doc grabbing something out of the DMC. Uh, but we don't know what yet. What do you guys think hell is like? <laughs> hell Valley. Hell uh, Valley. I think, I think hell is a, a, a reality that is run and controlled by your worst enemy, I think. Mm. For me, it'd just be like having to explain oh, having to explain time travel this basic to somebody for the rest of eternity. Oh my god! <laughs> or possibly, uh, possibly bees. For me, anyway, bees. Bees, strong bees. contender. Bees. <laughs> bees. <laughs> I think hell is a group of people trying to have a Skype conversation, and it's everyone. It's it's somehow your computer's fault, but with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bad too. Yeah. Um, like so the lab is, di- is a disaster from the late two thousands. <laughs> the lab is a disaster. Um, yes. And I, uh, I I like there's no electricity. There's shit everywhere. The Candles. lights. Yeah, the, yeah, right. So he's got candles up. The candles, there's that one candle that's like a, almost like a torch that is just completely melted down the side of the beam that it's hanging on. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the overhead lights are all like hanging down just for good measure because it's not enough that there's no electricity. They also have to be ripped down. <laughs> it's interesting looking at set, at, at, uh, set, di- set direction and just being like, what was your thought process there? Um, like, what do they think happened here? Like, what, yeah, what did um, happen? Do you, I I almost wonder if, because as we'll learn later in the week, uh, Doc is taken away somewhere. Um, we don't want to get too much into where, because that'll happen later. But uh, I, I like to imagine that the reason that the lab is in shambles is because they had to chase him around the lab. <laughs> to take him away. No. Send a ceiling raft no knocking lights down at him. Yeah. It was the Benny Hill chase of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Honey, hide under your bed. Random sci-fi inventions at them. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's a it's a it's a interesting set direction, uh, I think. Um But yeah, so the this is the this is the uh minute where Doc has to uh, very clearly and simplistically explain alternate universes, alternate universe theory, uh, with the timeline, alternate timeline, and it is really clean. I'll say that. And as far as the rules go in this in this franchise, it works. But I do, I, I have questions about. If I have the a theory future, about this. If that's helpful. Y- oh, what's that? I have a theory about this. If this is helpful, okay. Because my my because my big question, <laughs> yeah. Because my big question is if the future doesn't exist, 
other than the future of alternate 1985, then how do they have remnants of that future in this timeline at all? Because they're time travelers. That's the thing. It's like by the nature of narrative time uh, will either try to excise a time traveler who can be easily removed or insulate a time traveler who's still necessary to closing the loop. I mean, without Doc and Marty, you can't fix this very clearly bad alternate reality situation. I mean, at the end of the day, what Doc is saying to Marty is, here are three lines. We have to exterminate this entire timeline's worth of living things. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) They need to commit genocide at a planetary level, at a timeline level, to fix this shit. That's their job. Enjoy. (laughs) Um, but in terms of the remnant stuff, like uh, old Biff still has to exist in the 1950s, presumably, to deliver the book. Right. He did that from 2015. So they have to seal all this crap in like one movie's worth of time bubble. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my theory is basically the time insulates travelers when necessary, because that's why 2015 still exists. And uh, uh I mean, they leave Jessica, uh, not Jennifer, Jesus, Jennifer behind. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to that lady? Hopefully she's protected. Right. Could get That's, weird. Or she's yeah, going to end up like that girlfriend on Heroes who disappeared. I do. I feel like there's a couple of loose ends that, you know, for a movie that bends over backwards to tie all these loose ends with heavy exposition, they left a few untied, uh, I think. Uh, Jennifer being a big one. Um yeah, she is lampshaded out of concern. Yeah. Uh, and then and then the fact that future Biff is able to change 1985 when he doesn't exist in this version of 2015. So it's very confusing. Well, it's just that Marty and Doc got knocked into the alternate. They just have to get – they have to go back to get back on the actual timeline. So you're saying that both timelines exist? In this instance, yes. Okay. Because right. Doc and Marty are time travelers – because they've all been exposed to the same time machine. That's also worth noting. So for, for Doc and Marty to be in 1985A with the time machine, old Biff has to use the time machine to go back from 2015 to wherever he went, X on the chalkboard, um, and <laughs> later, uh, so that 1985A can exist. Okay, interesting. Time travel's confusing. It's it's three lines on a chalkboard. Go with that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like Doc explaining the third thing you learn about time travel to Marty. Well, what's really um, interesting about the, the three lines on a chalkboard thing, uh, that is not in the script. Uh, that was obviously a studio note that wanted it to be perfectly clear what was going on. And so they added that chalkboard explanation into the movie. Because in the Paradox Draft – Marty goes from like it, it has that moment where Marty's like I, I don't understand like speak English doc and then doc is like oh I'll show you and then goes to get the chalkboard but instead he goes he goes into the car and pulls out what he's going to pull out at the end of this minute uh, so it skips right over the chalkboard explanation because I was I was going to say none of what doc says is honestly that confusing Mm-mm. like if, if you know that time travel is a thing that exists and paradoxes are bad. And that mm-hmm. parallel timelines can result from paradoxes. Those are your three things, people who are asking me that question. Um, <laughs> Doc just says, and I, I wrote this down because you can follow this sentence just fine. Uh, 
The time continuum has been disrupted, creating this new temporal event sequence. Okay, sure, Doc, flower it up, resulting in this alternate reality. Basically, what he's saying is like, Old Biff did a thing. Time's different. Time is different. Uh huh. I, t- I don't need a chalkboard for that. It's a beautiful visual. It's great for yeah. the folks who need to be caught up for Act Three, but like, I don't know. yeah, there's no, a really beautiful little moment where you see uh, Christopher Lloyd notice that the five the in nineteen eighty-five, and he come and he goes back and does it. That's such a cool little human moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so Doc it, too. He's got to get it just right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I also I love him flipping over Einstein's bed. Oh, it's so okay. heartbreaking how he's just like, well, I guess this is my bed now. Yeah. It'll never be upside up. Oh, hey. And he looks so happy when Doc like flips it over. <laughs> it's like, oh, finally my bed. I need my spot. Oh, I haven't been in what here in think, decades. What do you think happened to... Uh, I was going to say, what happened to 85A, Aini? Yeah. Tesla. No. <laughs> no, it would have to be Einstein because I know. The, the bed is like... You, you've, you've been alternate naming things. Oh, yeah. Uh, Feinleinstein. <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I imagine he's just one of those wild dogs, like roaming, roaming the streets. He has an eye patch. <laughs> he has an eye patch. <laughs> he's got a dog gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do he, science, he, dude. He's probably like the uh, the you know the the chosen one, the Furiosa of like the hounds, like those packs of roving dogs. Probably, he's got an eye patch and a goatee. He's the mirror mirror universe uh, mm-hmm. of Einstein. He's got a gun belt and a shotgun. It's like him and Strickland against the world. <laughs> I would watch that show. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so in the 67 draft, um, we go back to Doc's lab uh, after uh, he and Einstein pick up Marty. And Marty explains what's going on. And Doc says, you know, he's the one that's kind of confused. Uh, which is really interesting. That's odd. <laughs> yeah, it's Marty that's explaining to Doc what's going on. That's a weird choice. That's yeah. fun. I kind of like that, that. I like it though. It's a cool evolution of all the characters, though. Yeah. Um, and 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 Marty says, uh, <laughs> Doc says, um, so you took the almanac even when I told you not to. And Marty says, all right, Doc, I was wrong. I'm sorry, but that's all in the past. Tuck says, you mean in the future, and Marty <laughs> says, whatever. Like, so, wow. so it's just, they just reverse that dialogue, which I think is really interesting. Um, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's, a, it's weird. Uh, but it makes more sense because, you know, that, uh, that whatever dialogue is uh, uh, weird. Um, the whatever. Way, the way it's it's kind of not Marty. Right, right. Uh, it's not really Doc though either. It's just weird dialogue that just kept being uh, reused. It sounds like something that gets cut. It does. It does. Yeah. Um, I feel like Christopher Lloyd on the day would have just replaced it with like a ah, you know, ah, yeah, ah, ah. sure, ah. <laughs> just like half a Rick noise. Ah, yeah. man, Mar- uh, you know, you always, I, I, I love hearing that story about how um, in Breaking Bad, the scripts would get cut all the time. Because, you know, Cranston could say with a look what, you know, what could have been said in a monologue. And I feel like comically that's very true of Christopher Lloyd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
where great like at communicating to stuff with him. Oh, yeah, I mean, like think about that scene of him watching L- young Lorraine interact with Calvin Klein. You know what I mean? Like he's saying so much. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Michael, what's your background with this uh, movie series, and how do you rank the movies? Um. I oh that's tough. I I feel like I put them usually in running order for me. Okay. Um, which I know has recently become relatively controversial. I feel like. Uh-huh. Uh I don't know. I feel like some redemptive readings of Back to the Future Three have happened, and I like Back to the Future Three, but like it's just a western. Um, everybody, calm down. It's a western. Well, Back to the really Future. Cool if that's the case, then Back to the Future is just a 1950s period. Yes, piece. but it's also a 1950s period piece that's introducing the concept of a time traveling car. I guess like so. it's doing a lot of heavy lifting for the series, and it's good that the first adventure is relatively simple. Yeah, I mean, it is still like kid accidentally smooches mom. Anyway, um, <laughs> John Mulaney has a better take on this than me. Uh, comedian, you know what? Whatever. Uh, I enjoy anyway, him so- on the Flash. <laughs> I, yeah he should absolutely play future barry at some point or barry it's me yeah <laughs> it's me also barry i look terrible mm. <laughs> Just, i mean not not that no, anyway. I mean, there's a joke where he looks like a he looks like a awful looking right, like <laughs> uh anyway um so yeah i feel like it's weird i feel like i've always had these movies in my life like i can i couldn't tell you a time when i didn't when I hadn't already seen the Back to the Future movies, mm-hmm. which is weird. But I was like, I was born the year two comes out. So basically, when I had cognition, all three of these movies were out already. So that makes right. sense. Um, so yeah, I just feel like I was always watching them on like cable marathons, or um, I was a kid who who watched a lot of TV growing up. Can you imagine? Um, and thinking about ridiculous sci-fi stuff a lot. Can you also imagine? Uh, so these were these three movies were always kind of when they were on, I would put them on no matter where they were in the movie. They were sort of that kind of movie for me. Um, if it was flipping channels and a Back to the Future movie was on, any of them really, I would watch it because I I enjoy them. They're good. Uh, I think it's so, yeah. pretty much the case with just about everyone we've had on this show. I mean, that's yeah. they're very good comfort movies. They're massively watchable movies. Yeah. And rewatchable in any order or, or out of like with parts out of context or it's just, you know, the cast is good. The script is tight. It's shot yeah. really well. It's a good movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's also remarkably small for a time travel adventure. Like I feel like if, you know, Back to the Future 2017 is going to be like Marty taps a butterfly and has to prevent a giant light from firing into the sky like every <laughs> fucking blockbuster. You know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like... It, it, you couldn't do a movie this small or personal with an element like time travel unless there no. was an even dumber romance subplot. Where if he, like, it was made today, I feel like, like as is, I feel like Back to the Future would be looked at like, like a safety not guaranteed kind of style movie. Yeah. It would yeah. be real, made really cheap. Uh, and, and it would, it'd just be, it'd be a super low budget, like indie movie. Yeah. The car would be a gremlin with yeah. like a pipe welded to it. Right. Um, and you would never know if they actually went in time. Well, actually the car right. would still be a DeLorean. <laughs> it'd, it'd be one of those like CRVs or something. Yeah. Some ridiculous failed electric car. 
I asked the I'm cinematographer what kind of car his mom had, and he sold it DeLorean. Sure. <laughs> I uh, worked for like a VW bus or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd absolutely be a VW bus. It'd be the VW bus from Little Miss Sunshine uh, with a cardboard <laughs> box full of dreams in the back uh, to let you supposedly travel in time. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Really, uh, these that's minutes, all I got. I got through my whole time travel ramble a lot faster than I thought I would. So, <laughs> sorry, everybody. No, it's fine. It's good. Uh, yeah, that's all I got for this minute. You guys have anything else? I think I'm good. Okay. So, we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> just recording just stops. <laughs> oh, okay. We don't. Well, think. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 54. In the meantime, you can go to our website, DuelingGenre.com, where you can check out our other podcasts, uh, The Doctor's Companion, our Doctor Who podcast, Geek by Night, our original audio drama. You can also find uh, two short films directed by me uh, there, Unexceptional and The Cupid Division, are both on our website uh, under films on the main page. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter and Tumblr, like us on Facebook. If you want to email the show, you can do that contact at backtothefutureminute.com. If you want to check out our Patreon page and help us get uh, Back to the Future Minute No Roads Edition off the, off the, off the ground, uh, go, go uh, support us at duelinggenre.com slash support. Uh, I mean, once we get to the end of part two, we're not going to cut our hiatus short this time. We're going to take legit hiatus this time. Um, so no, no uh, month off. We're we're gonna we're gonna take a while. Um, so if you want your Back to the Future minute content, good way to do that will be to support us on Patreon and get uh, the No Roads edition off the ground because. We will do that throughout the hiatus, uh, so it'll be a good way to get uh, a weekly dose of Back to the Future Minute. Uh, and also, a special thanks to Patreon associate producer David Jeffries, uh, Hand of the King, Hand of the DeLorean, David Jeffries. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye, Bye guys! Bye.